Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of two pros in a cup of joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. Tuesday, you are living the you are living good life. Living my best life, you guys. I want to be Lee, man. Lee was in Margaritaville. Wow. Looking like the big Lebowski. My man. I can't remember the last time I went day drinking on a Tuesday. I swear to Christ. I really don't remember. Mm. On a vacation, mm. maybe. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think that might have been it. I don't actually. I don't remember the last time I've gone to see a movie. Now that I think about it, Lee was getting ready to go see some movie. What was it like? Uh, like what crap movie you were going to see, Lee? <laughs> crap. Movie. I had to go re-see Babylon because I had a fire alarm the day before, and I totally regret. Oh, was that it. due to your flatulence? Is that what happened? Yeah, I gassed uh. up the spot. Yeah, it, was, it totally regret mm. it. The first hour was great. Yeah. The victim of your own greatness, as is yeah. basically what you're saying. For people that are wondering, Lee's obsession with Margaritaville, that's not a bit. There's a full-blown obsession with Margaritaville. <laughs> he loves that place. <laughs> he, he absolutely loves that place. I mean, he was so happy to send that content out. I, <laughs> that's amazing. That, I got to say, I was amazed by you being at Margaritaville. On a Tuesday. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Hey, Taco Tuesday, go. Lee. Got to get after it, you know? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. How many people have actually been there besides Lee? I've, I've never been, been to Margaritaville. <laughs> I haven't either. Yeah. Never. Been there. I said but you, you know what? Margaritaville glasses. I, I've, been, I've been dried out for seven days now, so I'm, I'm pretty proud of wow. myself on yeah. being dried. Like, I've yeah. been just drinking water. I mean, I drink coffee, too, now. I, I guess I, I haven't just drank water. I've been drinking coffee. But... Um, 
but I got to say, when I when I undry out, when I when I de dry, and get wet again, Lee, we got to like you and I got to like make a trip to Margaritaville. <laughs> like we're not going to take Jonas. <laughs> I'm not if going. Q's in town, well, I'm not going to. <laughs> I, 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 listen, <laughs> if Q's in town, Q can come, but but Jonas can't come. I mean, Berto, Berto, we're going to accept that here. I'm not allowed to go yeah. to Margaritaville. No, like, yeah, you can't you. come. Okay, you can't come. I'll show you the ropes. We'll do some sing along, share some nachos. It'll be a good time. Mm-hmm. There it is. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just everybody coming together here for uh, for one common bond, Margaritaville. Yeah. Except you. On, Except on a you. Tu- We're leaving on a, you. On a Tuesday at 1.30 in the afternoon. On that, a Tuesday, turning up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. It's LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. You can hang out with us, as always, on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of affiliates all across the country or wherever the hell you are, making us a part of your Wednesday morning. We appreciate you doing so. We're going to take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Pacific, and we do it all live from live. the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there in unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So, Aaron Rodgers... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers watch. He might need some tires. Yeah, he because uh, he might be driving out of town. <laughs> he might um, need a trailer. You know, a couple eighteen wheels. So he is not ready to make his decision. All right, now we know that he was on the Pat McAfee show for his Tuesday hit, as per usual. He was not ready to make his decision, and he's still not ready to make his decision. But he did talk about some potential options out there for him and for the Packers moving forward here was Aaron Rodgers I have never been a free agent um, which is pretty wild I've never gotten to the end of my contract so to even think about being another uniform never really crossed my mind but to be open to the possibility if I want to keep playing that it might be somewhere else I understand that I understand they might want to move on and 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 go younger at a number of different positions that's a part of it but again uh, that doesn't that doesn't uh, open you know the door for any really conjecture honestly on my side and I'm not saying that to be cryptic um, I got to figure out what I want to do and then we'll see uh, we'll see where all the parties are at and and uh, and what kind of transpires after that and so away we go we got Aaron Rodgers watch we we're in week two of this whole thing and something tells me this is going to continue on until right after the Super Bowl that- all right here's how I'm seeing this whole thing right now um, obviously Aaron Rodgers has always been a polarizing figure Okay, that, that kind of goes without saying. And whether it's the you know manner in which he's handled things with the off seasons and the ayahuasca, you know the, the COVID being uh, immunized, like all, all that whole conversation, whatever it is, I mean, it could be the fact you're a Bears fan and he happens to own the Chicago Bears. That's a fact. It, it could mm. be. It could be that. Own them. There, we're getting to a point though, like we're in this day and age. I think everyone loves transparency. Okay. Like, have you guys noticed when you go to like restaurants, they'll have like that open kitchen concept where you can, you can look back and you see everyone's cooking. Yeah. Like you could yeah. see everything that that's going night. on, right? Yeah. Yeah. That there you go. If, yeah. the, if the chef scratching his nuts, you know, hey, yeah. I don't want that guy serving me a burger. You're going to say, I've got a little bit of that guy's, that guy's nuts night. in my burger. Yeah. Right. I just watched him do it. 
Right. Um, That's a great point. Yeah. You know, whether we're now like you know, looking at like every update, there's some classified documents being found in like a, a politician's <laughs> house. Like every every update from CNN and Fox is like, oh, no, more classified documents are found. So it's like my at this point, there's classified documents just littered everywhere. <laughs> By the way, UFOs <laughs> are now real. How about yeah. that? Um, I, I think the whole point is in this day and age, like we love to have the information, to have transparency, to feel like we're seeing all the different angles of this, right? Like that's what we think we like to have. And the truth is that's not the case. Like when you see a movie or like a love movie, right? We, we always like look for these like kind of happy endings at the end of the love movie and we see how things end up going. But for anyone who's in a relationship, you realize like there's a lot more that goes into those conversations, those fights, the breakups, the get back togethers, the everything else that transpires than that. But you don't see it all. You kind of just see the highlights. And, 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 and whether it's a TV show, a movie, whatever else, or even a story being told, like no one wants to hear all the minutia. No one wants to hear every single little detail. You just want to hear the stuff that kind of gets you to the end and gets you to the ultimate conclusion. And, and and I feel like now, like because Aaron Rodgers is on doing a weekly deal, if he's going to talk about it this much, it is going to wear people down, and it's going to get to the point where he he almost might become a little un, unlikable, even more unlikable in sense to some out there because of it. It's like man, just try to show a version of yourself that people don't see. It doesn't have to all be about the Green Bay Packers. Or, or what your decision is going to be. Like, I think it'd be better off for him personally if people didn't necessarily know all the little things that are running through his head. Like, like that's just me because I think the more he talks about it, the more it kind of comes off as, you know, like uh, I've never been a free agent. Well, yeah, obviously we, we know you haven't been a free agent. You've been playing forever and humble flex. You know, kind of right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know if it's a humble flex or if it's like more just a maybe flex. Just a flex. Yeah, maybe yeah. just a flex. Yeah, maybe just a flex. Yeah, maybe. I just feel like the more he talks about it, the more it's like, oh, man, just I, I wish we weren't going through this again. You, you know, what hit me was conjecture. And and I don't I don't ever want to assume that everybody I, I know for me, I'm always expanding my my lingo and my grammar and stuff like that. So conjecture to, to me, um, obviously it's draw it, the, the, the definition of it is drawing a conclusion or having a, an opinion formed off of the basis of incomplete information. So somebody out there, hopefully you just expanded your, your, your language and your grammar. I wonder what that conjecture is. Where, what is the incomplete information? Where is that? Is that? Is it his incomplete information? Is it Green Bay's incomplete information? Where is the incomplete information coming from? Is it another team? Is it their incomplete information? Because, again, you're talking about, I, as you mentioned, I, I have never been a free agent. I've never envisioned myself or saw myself in another uniform. Not too long ago, you're saying people aren't coming to Green Bay for the cheese or for the football. They're coming here for me. So to me, you were drawing the conclusion and you put the, the flag in, in, in the ground and, and drew your line in the sand saying that Green Bay is only relevant because of Aaron Rodgers. So if that's how you you feel about it, did that change over uh, the course of a year's time? Did you want to really say that now that I have my contract 
and the contract pays me a whole lot of money and I have that that type of influence and say in and over what happens with me moving forward that I don't have to as we mentioned flex on on them any type of way because well I got my money where where is I, I just wonder where is the the line of of like real real information or real like you know this is what what it is and and I wonder wonder that for for Green Bay and I wonder that for Aaron Rodgers is this is this a way of kind of shopping yourself to go to another another team it it didn't it just didn't come across to me as the Aaron Rodgers, you know, when we were having the conversations and, and, you know, Q kept saying that he's gone, he's gone, like it's done, it's over. I would say that sounds like now rather than the first time. The first time around, it didn't sound like he wanted to leave. It didn't sound like he was going to leave. And the well, only way he was going to get out of there is if they got him up out of there. You like how I shot that at you? Fran. You thought you like how I shot that yeah, at you? Yeah, what's that about, man? Did, did yeah. you like how I shot that at you, Q, on, a, on, a, on a Wednesday? Jeez. On a Wednesday, right. I mean, uh, going the up is, is I, I know some stuff behind the scenes, and, and he thought he was going to San Fran, yeah, and once that you. fell through, it a lot of things changed. Yeah, I got you, I got you. I know you know a lot of things, bro. You know what I mean? Thanks, I know you man. know a lot of things. That's why it's really yeah, good when when I, I make a bold a bold prediction, and it actually you know happens. You know, versus when you make the prediction based off of that information, and then you know, I, like I get it. Yeah, I was just happy that I made a bold prediction and mine was right and yours wasn't. Yeah, you know? I just it's felt very like rare. That's, so I hope yeah. that's all right. I'm gonna take that. One. Hey, if it's just one time, I'm gonna take it. Uh, that's what you gotta understand about me. I'm happy about the one time. That's why I like bringing it up. But anyways, uh, like getting back to what I was saying, um, I don't think he wants to come back. Like I don't, and and maybe that does fly down the line of reasoning of of the information that you received and why he thought it was San Fran and all that. I don't think he wants to come back. Now it's a I do not want to come back, but how do I get out and and how do I get out in a way where maybe he's unscathed? You know that that kind of is what I feel about it. Like he's going to put it on Green Bay. In terms of if if this seemingly goes wrong or he has to leave, it's not on him. It's on Green Bay. I, I think he does care what the people in Green Bay think about his exit and think about the way this whole thing goes. And I, I just find it hard to believe that he doesn't have an idea of what he wants. I just like he said, you know, in, in another clip, well, you know, you just don't wake up on January 24th and just know, all right, well, this is what I want to do that. Why don't you? Like, I know what I don't want. Like, you can give me a list of restaurants. What do, you, what do you not want? Well, you can give me a list of restaurants and say, where do you want to eat? I may not know where I want to eat, but I know what I definitely don't want to eat. Like, I can, I can name those off pretty quick. If he didn't want to play, I, I think he'd already make the decision. I think it, it would have been gone. I just, I wonder if he gets the sense that maybe the Packers are feeling like, yeah, it's time, dude. Like, oh, listen, we, we, we gave it a shot last year. You got injured, a c- couple of bad breaks. We, we did the best we could. We got back into the playoff hunt, and then we lost at home. But we've done this for how long now? We've got one Super Bowl to show for it. It's been over a decade since that Super Bowl. I just I wonder if the Packers and I wonder if that fan base, and people, we're on in Wisconsin right now. People are listening on the game in Wisconsin. I wonder if they're feeling the same thing we're feeling, like – 
dude, we're doing this again, like another off season of this. Let's just let's let's turn the page. Let's go to Jordan Love and let's see what we got for the future. That that's where I feel on the whole thing. That's where I stand on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just seems like seems like he's out there, you know, trying to make it make it, you know, make everybody buy into the idea that he's still up in the air about everything. I I don't know that he necessarily is. Q, I, when when you were in Cleveland, before you left Cleveland, was there a moment in time where you before you left Cleveland that you knew wholeheartedly, I'm done here. Like I'm done, I'm out of here. And did you end up leaving or did you end up playing another season there? So before my final season there, I had heard a lot of reports from my agent um, that Denver was going to trade for me before the 2009 season. And I'd kind of heard when Eric Mangini had got there in his first year that um, for whatever reason, you know, he wasn't as, as big of a fan of me. And so it, it, I was just kind of connecting the dots, never confronted him, never really said any, anything else to anyone in the organization because at that point – we already had a different general manager. We obviously had a different head coach, um, you know, all of that. So at that, at that moment, I wasn't sure what to think. Because, you know, you never know. Like a draft night for me was nuts. You know, where my agent's like, hey, you know, this is what I'm being told. This is what I'm hearing. And, you know, some of that came true. Some of it didn't. So at that point, you don't know what to believe because it's your first time going through it. And so then fast forward to during the season – at one point when, when I got the start, I won a quarterback competition. And then Eric Mangini gave me a quick hook. And I was like, oh, okay. So, so he must have felt like there was pressure from the fan base or because he decided to do a quarterback competition and I won it, there really wasn't an alternative. So his, his, his hand was dealt. But at the first chance he got to get in the quarterback he wanted, he was going to put that quarterback in. And then over that period of time that I was out, like – there really wasn't much justification outside of a clause within my contract where I was going to earn like a 10 or $11 million playtime bonus to keep me out. And so as soon as I couldn't earn that bonus, I was back in there second half versus the bears. And then, then I got the opportunity to start from then on out until I suffered a, a Liz Frank injury that season. So at one point, you know, Peter King had made an announcement who at that time he was doing um, like a halftime hit during the Notre Dame games. And he had said something on TV along the lines of, like, I don't think you know, Brady's ever going to play again in a Cleveland Browns uniform. And I remember watching and thinking to myself, what? <laughs> like, like, when you say something like that, I mean, I'm, I'm in year three, so I've got you know, two years left of my rookie deal. It was a five-year deal. I'm thinking, why would he say something like that? I mean, Peter King is reputable. He's in the know. And uh, I'm sitting thinking to myself, like, what, what have I done? I mean, I, I know, you know, things didn't work out well, but I hadn't played a ton at that point. So I'm thinking, like, I couldn't have done anything, like, too bad, e- no, like, either way to attribute to that. So I reached out to Peter King, and, and he wouldn't really tell me who told him what um, or, 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 you know, what exactly was said. But he, he stood by his report. And so, obviously, once I went in and started playing that the, you know, the rest of the season, once that incentive was gone, then I kind of just like didn't really put in, you know, any credit to anything he had to say from that point moving forward. But um, my thing was is, you know, fast forward to the offseason, go into year four, I get a call the night before I'm going up to uh, the offseason workouts. I've got my car packed, dog, everything, like in the back of the car. And I'd stop, I'd stop to do some physical therapy. 
because um, I was coming off a Liz Frank injury. So I was getting worked on. I was going to drive up from Columbus to Cleveland. And I had a call from a general manager I'd never met at that time because Mangini fired George Kokinas like eight games into that season um, in year three. So I get a call from another general manager. I'm like, I don't know if this is someone who's got my number that's a joke or what. And then the Denver Broncos call and Josh McDaniels called and he had, you know, he explained the situation. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> so to answer your question, I know it's a long-winded answer to it. Um, I, had an, I had an inclination that something was happening and that it wasn't probably going to work out. Um, the way they handled my injury at the end of the season and what was said to me about, hey, we need you to go on IR, I didn't even get a chance to get a second opinion. Mm. They basically just said, this is what our doctors think. You're not going to be able to play. And it wasn't even about the fact that I was. I mean, it would have been near impossible. I, I would have been pretty immobile uh, even for those last two weeks. But they didn't give me a chance. And they said they were going to use it on some of the position that they didn't even use the roster spot on that. So um, I, I should have known better all along. But mm. like the, the whole trade scenario definitely caught me off guard, but not the team who did it because they had talked apparently like seven months prior. Hmm. What a weird that makes me feel like Aaron Rodgers as well within his right to, to do it how he wants to do it. For sure. Because they, they will jerk us around the way that they want to. So you know what, A-Rod, after listening to my, you, my yeah. young brother Q, you do what you want to do, my guy. You do it how you want to do it. Because you know what, they'll, they'll, they'll do you. So you do them. Yeah, can we make, about that? make one request, though? Um, and, Brady, you've got a little bit of a pipeline to Rodgers. Obviously, A.J. Hawk, your brother-in-law. Can you just tell him, can you, can you make a decision after the Super Bowl so it'll get us away from having to talk about the NBA? I mean, if we could just make that happen, that would be great. You know what? I was watching um, the Lakers last night. Were you? How'd yeah, that go? I, I, well, they lost again to the Clippers. What, I mean, what, what are they like? was balling. So that was what I was going to ask y'all. So he put up, what, 46 points. He's now scored 40-plus points versus, like, every NBA team. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, like, all right, what's the narrative going to be if they don't even make the postseason? I mean, they're a sub-500 team at this point. Is it just going to be about his individual greatness because he's going to pass the scoring record that's it? That's all he's doing it for? It's going to be about let's hurry up and find a team that can get, like – that can get him to the promised land. Uh, he's not one going more to, time. He's not going anywhere. This is all about business. It's like Kobe's final years in L.A. when they were terrible, and they kept bringing Kobe out because it was like, all right, let's pay him this contract, let's give him this money because we got to draw seats, we got to fill seats, we got to draw people in. And Kobe went out and had great games, and his final game that was you know the sixty-plus point performance, I believe, against Utah. Like, this is going to be how this plays out with LeBron, guaranteed. He's got it. Look, he's got three, three and a half titles. He's good. I mean, oh, everything's fine. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So i uh, give you kind of an update here on what the status is as far as the gambling world goes when it comes to these games coming up this weekend in the NFL. The Eagles and the Niners have stayed put. Philadelphia is a two-and-a-half point favorite heading into this game, so a lot of people uh, a little bit optimistic about the Philadelphia Eagles' chances at home to go ahead and get that done. And then the Kansas City Chiefs and the Bengals, Cincinnati still a one-and-a-half point favorite in this game uh, we don't know whether or not Patrick Mahomes is going to practice later on today uh, but in talking to uh, somebody in the know there they believe someone yeah they believe that this line is going to get down to about a pick 'em. 
So if you are a, a Kansas City believer, you can get them at a point and a half right now. You got to jump on it while you can there, Brady Quinn, because this game's going to go down to a pick according to sources here. Sources Ooh, I've talked to. I mean, yeah, look, I, I know Andy Reid was like, hey, he's, he's never played not practiced during the course of the week. And there's varying you know levels of practicing. I mean, LeVar, you, you can agree with that, right? If yeah, he goes out sure. there and just throws around in some individuals and whatnot and takes off the team periods or is just out there for walkthroughs, which this time of year, like I would imagine there's a lot more walkthroughs than there are full speed team periods. Yeah, um, it's just because off. of the... Yeah, I mean, you know, hats off and all that stuff. Yeah, but all of it, yeah. I, I don't Close. know that if he misses a ton of practice at this point in time of the year, it's that pivotal to his preparation. To me, it's more mental than anything, and just giving him as close to 100% as possible. So whether that includes being out there or not, like he's going to play in this game. It's just a matter of once he gets to the game, we'll, we'll see how healthy he looks. And also because they've played him before and they're familiar with each other, you know, there's not going to be this big mystery going out there. They kind of know what what's happening. They played him actually not that long ago, and so I mean, I, I feel like Kansas City's in, in a good spot here. I'm kind of talking myself into Kansas City. I'm feeling Kansas mm. City and Philadelphia right now here on a Wednesday. That that's what mm. I'm looking at right now. Little little Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl we might have here, <laughs> Wait, and, and a lot of Andy Reid tie-ins there for that Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl. How about that's what that? we get. So uh, we'll see how that stuff plays out. And if we do have any uh, updates on Patrick Mahomes and that high ankle sprain, which, by the way, did you see that Tony Pollard? So there's been some confusion because he also reportedly had a high ankle sprain. And then there was some talk that, no, it was actually a fracture. And then now there's a report out that he got that bike chain surgery that that Tua got. So was there a fracture or not if you're getting that that surgery? Well, it's, I mean, I don't even know that you have to have a fracture to get the surgery necessarily. Yeah, so that's why I'm trying to figure out where the, where the whole idea of he well, broke that, his leg I guess the out. point is it doesn't matter whether there's a fracture or not. If he gets the surgery, it's to stabilize, you know, that particular area in his shin. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I'm, I can't really go into, um, you know, the, the extremes of that. But my understanding is it's more about just overall stability. It doesn't matter if there's a fracture or not. The fracture, you know, just probably means it, it's going to take more time for the bone, obviously, to heal. Um, but if you're getting that surgery, it's going to take a little time anyway. Hmm. All right. So there's the uh, latest on the Dallas Cowboys who are currently uh, on their way to Cancun uh, to go ahead and uh, and participate in their in their Super Bowl festivities. Uh, oh. Speaking of the Super Bowl, but you got to help me out with this. Is this is this Carl Schaefer's? Is that how you pronounce his name? The uh, the official who's now been designated for the Super Bowl assignment. There is that is that is it Schaefer's or Cheffers or Sheffers? I mean, which one is it? Uh, it's it's however you want to pronounce it. Okay, we're, we're just going to live in your world. So a, whatever yeah. you feel like is most appropriate, go with that. Schaefer sounds a Carl a lot C. Carl C. You're in, bud. All right, so you got uh, you got your Super Bowl assignment. So he could be calling that that Andy Reid Super Bowl uh, for the Chiefs and and the Philadelphia Eagles coming mm. up here. Wow, calling uh, that, your shot. That that was announced for the uh, for the NFL. So so Carl C. Congratulations, you and uh, whatever crew is going to be working with you are going to be participating in the Super Bowl there in Arizona. Hmm. So I mean. Jonas, does that matter? Are there any stats that you can you know dig up that would give us any indication of Look, if there'd be one team that would be benefited from it? Just gut feeling here. Again, this yeah. is all a gut feeling. 
All right, so I'm looking at just in, in what I'm I'm seeing here with all these teams, and I've just seen like uh, you know two and two for the Eagles feels like the record with Carl C calling it. Okay, um, what about this year? Did he do any of their games this year? One and where he officiated them. One and zero. The Eagles were okay, one and zero so games gotcha. he officialed. Uh, the 49ers. I know that was probably <laughs> going to be next if you wanted to ask me. They're the 49ers. Yeah, they play each other. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. the four and five overall and zero and one this year. Oh. Okay, yeah. maybe that maybe that doesn't help them then if the yeah. 49ers get there. It definitely doesn't help them. The Bengals and Chiefs have something in common. And again, this is all gut feeling. I don't know if this is 100% accurate. Somebody can can check my work on here, but okay. uh the Bengals and the Chiefs both 2 and 0 this year. Oh, Carl okay. C has, right. has AFC with the, the advantage, huh? Yeah, big time advantage. And in fact, overall, if you want to take it a step further, I'm feeling like forecast says Carl C has called 12 Chiefs games, been on the call for 12 Chiefs games, and he's uh the Chiefs have won 9 of those games. Wow. So again, this is all gut feeling. Out of how many? Out of how many? Out of 12. So, so nine, nine of nine, twelve, the yeah, nine, and nine three? and three, yeah. So wow. it feels like that is um, a distinct advantage. That, is, yeah. that I mean, I mean, I mean, do you think that uh, is interesting? Well, let yeah. me ask you this: Is there anything else you can tell us about Carl and his crew, or just his officiating style? They call a lot of penalties. Do they? Yeah. Okay, like how much? Like the Brady most in the league the past two funny. years? Or well, what do you think? I, I think that if I'm looking at this right here, <laughs> if I'm if I'm looking at it right here, okay, I feel like. They've thrown the most penalty flags, and I want to capitalize most here on the radio, most penalty flags in each of the past two seasons. Hmm. So that's wow. what I'm feeling here. As far so as are we in for a lot of stoppages? Is that what you're saying for the Super Bowl? Well, I, probably because they got to get those advertisements in. You well, know. I don't think they get in advertisements during penalty calls. Well, I mean, yeah, but you go to commercials. Not during know. penalties. Well, yeah, but you, they, they don't call false that. start and then go to commercial and you, come they back. They don't do screen and screen uh, not, commercials. Not for a penalty. Screen. In fact, I you, you had actually. I have since drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll <laughs> so cut out of those, those commercial breaks just to hear the penalty. Like, you yeah. will prolong the game just to hear yes, this. Yes, they will. Yes, well, they do. Well, I, I feel like. Fox is, Fox is on the call. If it Fox. was CBS, yeah, right, go ahead, LeVar. LeVar, you take it. Uh, can, can you do it in your Harry Carey voice? Please? Absolutely not. Oh, um, come so, on. So I feel like if CBS were on the call. No, that was aggressive. There and, was no passing. And Tony Romo were doing this. I feel mm-hmm. like Tony Romo would be a big fan of these stoppages because it would give him more time to chew gum during breaks mm-hmm. when uh, when Jim Nance goes to him for his opinion on something. So I feel like that's where you know the, the number of penalties called would favor some sort of the broadcast. But nonetheless, it's a Fox game, so I don't think we have to worry about all that stuff. Boy, he sure got hammered for this past uh, this past week's performance. Yeah, not great. No, well, I mean, I just – maybe a lot of people, you know, had a chance to watch since it was kind of more of a standalone. But it was like he got hammered, and then Greg Olson got all the uh, praise and the, the appreciation. So. Do, you, do you think that's what led into the number of people that watched the Niners and Cowboys? They thought, you know what? Uh, we need to cleanse ourselves after what we got from Tony Romo. Can we get some Greg Olson, some Geo? I mean, it was Notre a Dame. it was a closer game, so I think that probably played a factor, and then you know, bigger markets probably played uh, somewhat of a factor. But maybe just the call too. I'm, I'm more of a fan of Greg and how he calls games. Did you guys give a crap who was calling your games as far as the officials go? As far, like, well, like it, uh, we talked about it for sure. 
Like that was something that we distinctly would talk about before games and we would we would talk about, hey, they call the most this or they don't typically call a lot of this. So for like secondary players, if they don't call a lot of defensive holding and PI, let's say it's like the bottom five fewest in the league, something like that, our DBs would be aggressive as hell. And they would try to like see, you know, how far they could push them before they'd throw a flag. And then in some places, like in Seattle, when I was there, and granted, it was only through preseason, but like P would be like, do it again. They won't call it again. He'd be like, officials feel, and this is where like Mike Pereira and Dean Blandino would try to disagree with me, but it's human nature. Like these officials aren't robots. When you throw a flag, especially on a team that's playing at home, and you do it again, like the very next play, you feel the tension. Like you feel the hatred that is being like brought on you in that stadium because you're throwing a flag again, same player, the next play. It's a, it's a lot of pressure these guys are under at times. And there's, I'm sure, a psychology to that, whether officials would admit that or not. So we 100% talked about whether it's offensive holding and what our O-line can get away with or defensively what the defense could or could not get away with. It was definitely always a topic of conversation. And I would think the one thing that differs for this Super Bowl, and this is just off the top of my head, I haven't done any research on any of this like you have, Me Jonas. Neither. But, you know, these Super Bowl crews aren't the same exact crew as Carl Sheffers had during the course of the year. So it's an all-star crew. It's an all-star so crew. Yeah, this no, that's group true. Hasn't, yeah, this group hasn't yeah. worked together. So just because he's the head official and they've had the most penalties each of the last two years, his crew, it'll be a different crew. So I don't necessarily know that it's going to correlate to a lot of penalties in the Super Bowl. Hmm. By the way, if you get a call a game as an official, do you get a ring in a Super Bowl? I don't think you get a ring, my well, guy. Well, no, I mean, you don't well, get it, like, not from a winning so team. So you basically but... win regardless is what you're saying. Yeah. No, like, like you're you saying you get of... a refereeing, I ref, I ref the Super Bowl ring. Yeah, you know how they say that there, there's a difference between, you're unbelievable, Berto, there's a difference between... Like, if you're a broadcaster or if you work for the team, your ring is different than a player or a coach on the team. So maybe they get sort of like, uh, you know, it's, it's a little, little gimmicked down, not as many diamonds, oh, wow. not as many okay. of that other stuff. I'm just saying. Aggressive. Just wondering. Uh, Jeez, Berto. Yeah, it kind of threw me off there when Berto got my <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know we were going uh, Prince Albert this early in the morning. I, I was not aware that, that was part wow. of the uh, wow. part of the jewelry assignment for Super Bowls. All but right. uh, <laughs> that's just how Berto's feeling right now, huh? I guess yeah. it is. Guess it is. I guess so. Uh, so uh, I, I mean, they could get a, a Hall of Fame ring if they're a good enough referee. How many referees have made the Hall of Fame? None. I don't think. Which, by the way, can I just tell you guys? You know, I wear my. My college football Hall of Fame ring every day. Sometimes You're the I Hall wear of it fam? in the shower. College. Huh. So 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 sometimes I wear it in in my sleep. You know, I, I just don't take it off. You know, I'm just in love with my my college football Hall of Fame. By the way, Art ring, McNally, right? the father of a modern NFL officiating, is the first official in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Wow. So Art Art McNally, which she was inducted into in the 2022 class. I thought there was one. Art McNally. 2022, so he's there. the first one. So there's only one in the Hall of Fame then. Got As it. of right now, yeah. Wow. Back, back in the day, Brady could claim that. And now That's pretty interesting. he's Italian. So you hey, can't. So, yeah, so, so yeah. just to finish my story. Italian. Um, oh. 
You're so you. I mean, really? That was what you wanted to point out there? Yeah. You I mean, you you got in the middle of Lavar's story. I'm sorry it's about all right. That. You I'm know, sorry and, for and, that. And, and, I and Q, you added so much value to my story because we were talking about the Hall of Fame and what you know. Well, anyway, I was just trying to. I, I don't. I want to make sure because you know people out there on Twitter. Yeah, they'll just be yeah, like, the "Oh, no, come on, Art McNally went it last year. You guys are idiots." And I'll be like, yeah, right. "Okay, dude, we got it in. We found it. We got right. it." I was waiting for Lee, but Lee never 100%. came, so I had to. Lee yeah. was whoa. Okay. Yeah, Lee, you got to come quicker, yeah. Lee, you know. Um, yeah. So <laughs> so I was with Chad Bailey yesterday, and we we were uh, going to do this appearance. <laughs> Jonas. It is funny, though. I ain't going to lie to you, but I am trying to finish the story because we are on live radio. Um, so we get out of the car. I don't even know if the story. You know what? I don't even think the story is even relevant anymore. Who <laughs> cares? Let's just move it. on. Let's move on. Come on. on. You just, you just dropped on. Champ Bailey. You got to say it now. Come on. Well, well, you know, we went in the college football Hall of Fame class together. We're classmates, you know, so it was pretty cool. Um, but anyways, we were getting out of the car, and I saw, saw he had his ring on, you know, and it was gold and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know. And then I saw his jacket open up. And I saw the 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 logo for the NFL Hall of Fame. So I was like, oh, okay, he's flexing today. Like, wow, okay. Then I realized that, um, well, as I got closer to him to, to give him a, an embrace, it was not his college football Hall of Fame ring. In fact, it looked very, 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 very similar, but yet crazy, ridiculously different than my college football Hall of Fame ring, which we, he has one. Um, it was the Pro Football Hall of Fame oh. ring, and let me tell you something. It looks um, very different. Uh, so you think, even he, though it has similarities. So you th- you think he tried to one up you or something, or go? Oh, well, you bring he, your he gave his reasoning that I told him when I put it on at the ceremony. I'm never taking this ring off. And I think that he remembered that, and he came. So his reasoning to me was he knew that I would have my college football Hall of Fame ring on. So he wanted to make sure that the fans that were there could see what an NFL and college Hall of Fame ring looked like. And I was like, that is really a backhanded, really awesome explanation. Yep. I mean, because I got to see it too. That's the first time I saw one as well. So I, it was like you know, and it probably, um, yeah, it it hurt my feelings a little bit. Hey, I would have taken my a feelings more, were tied. I take hurt. a more humble approach. I never wear my apron from TGI Fridays ever, ever. Why not? Refuse to. I just I don't like making people feel in you know less than. It's not my thing. See, I would wear that bad boy though? everywhere. Yeah, but come come on, man. Flare. I would wear it under my clothes. Suspenders. Yeah. I just don't. I would just wear it all the time. Again. It is a really good looking ring, by the way, and shots out to Champ Bailey, man. He's had an excellent career. Yeah. Brilliant career. What's up, Champ? I just feel a little bit different about my ring now. Yeah. Just a little different. It's all good. Hey, you know no, what? No, it's really not. Hey, we are But I accept it. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros in a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at six AM Eastern. 
3 a.m. Pacific. This is Steve Cavino and Rich Davis, and together we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right, Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Cavino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah! Want to welcome in the man himself, Petros Papadakis. He is the co-host of the Petros and Money Show. Where can you hear that, by the way, Brady? The Blowtorch. AM570 LA Sports. He's also a Fox College football analyst. Petros, uh, you can get him on Twitter, by the way, at the old P. I just want to know that you're safe and sound following that 4.2 earthquake that took place earlier this morning. You know, I didn't... uh... I didn't feel the earthquake, but when I got up, I saw Twitter, and it said there was an earthquake, yeah. which is usually Oof. the case. So, yeah. hmm. Although I've been here for some pretty big earthquakes. That big. I was going to say, what's the worst one you've ever experienced, Petros? Uh, there was two. One was in eighth grade or something. One was when I was in um, like middle school, and one was when I was in high school. One was the Northridge quake. Yeah. And the other one, I forget the name. Uh, but they both had a name, and they were both really bad, and they were both horrifying. Uh, and it used to be a thing where you were like supposed to get in the doorway, like everybody would go run. There's only door- so many doorways, though, right? I mean, I don't know. If there's an earthquake, you could find one. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> uh, so put your all, kids out of the way. Find your own doorway in the doorway, and then my dad started trying to put my daughter under the dining room, or not my daughter, his daughter, my sister, under the huh. dining room table, and where there's like a big chandelier over it, and my mother started screaming at him, and she was like, no, John, and I just, shut up, you know, I just remember that, <laughs> no, John, from when I was in like middle school, and then the other one happened like four in the morning or something, and I was a... Uh, at my parents' house, and I just got up and jumped through a screen door randomly <laughs> uh, in fear. So, uh, yeah, they were both terrible, terrible. And then, of course, you know, I, we all remember, those of us, I guess, in California of a certain age, remember uh, where we were and what happened uh, with the Bay Area and uh, the World Series earthquake, the one that happened uh, in San Francisco between the A's and uh, the not the Giants right before that game. There was a big earthquake, and it was terrible in the San Francisco area. So those are the ones I remember, just the little tiny ones that get everybody going on Twitter, and then the lady goes on TV from the seismic uh, tectonic plate organization or whatever the hell that that's what we had today, it looks like. The, uh, the Northridge quake, I remember the aftershocks were pretty gnarly after that. Like for for hours afterwards you had like five point something aftershocks. And I remember Yeah, my, that was a real deal and it yeah. screwed up a lot of buildings in LA. And and went a on lot for of weeks. things Yeah. Yeah. After that things got retrofitted and all that. You know, everybody started changing the buildings. So yes, that is a little earthquake. I'd remember remember John David Booty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah John David Booty who was like one of the biggest recruits and left high school early and all yeah. that before JT Daniels and, and all those different things. And he was a hell of a college quarterback. I mean, he doesn't yeah. get the credit he deserves because of Leinert and Sanchez and all the pro uh, 
prospect kind of uh, hype that those guys generated. And Sanchez won playoff games in the NFL. Uh, but uh, he was a good player. And he came from, like, Shreveport, that area in Louisiana. And I, I was traveling with USC, I think, his freshman year. I was still working their radio. And there were terrible fires. And we, were, uh, we had played an away game somewhere. And we had to fly home. And the plane got diverted to Burbank. And somebody came to pick me up, and we just randomly took John David Booty with us because the guy knew John David Booty from some TV production he had done. And all John David Booty wanted to know, and he was in terrible fear, is what to do when there was an earthquake. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I'm from Shreveport. I I I need to know about these It was exactly like that. And, you know, all I said was like, yeah, well, you know, we all used to get the door jammed because, you know, you see these buildings fall down and the doorway's still the up. So is a door jam. <laughs> yeah, and that's when, when I dropped him off. I'll never forget. He, he walked like seven steps and turned back to the car and he goes, all right, the door jam. I got it. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll just get <laughs> I wonder if uh, he ever had to employ that. I, I heard he became like a big business success. What would, a shock to what would Don Martin say about the earthquakes? I, I mean, I've been through. I mean, you don't know what it's like. We used to have them in Denver all the time, you guys. <laughs> I mean, my God. Everything we have in Denver is way bigger than happens in Southern California. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, that's so, good. so, Petros, you're I'm sorry. No, I listen. It, it's well, all good. I, Petros, can I ask you quickly just about the leadership of LeBron, um, in particular <laughs> last night? Can I, can I ask you about that? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the guy scores 50 points a night, and he's one of the best basketball players of all time. But I do find it just insufferable on a nightly basis that we all have to worry about, you know, oh, my God, look what LeBron's doing, and you won't get him help. And, oh, LeBron. It's like, dude, nobody in L.A. And, LeVar, you live in L.A. Nobody mm-hmm. in L.A. relates with this guy. Nobody in that. There's LeBron. Like, it used to be you had Laker fans and then, like, Kobe fans, right? Like, Laker fans, people who knew about Showtime, maybe even some old heads that watched Wilt Chamberlain play and Jerry West and Elgin Baylor. And the Kobe thing was kind of polarizing. But that's nothing compared to this. Like, at least Kobe Bryant was raised up in L.A. and felt like he belonged to the city as one of the great basketball players of all time. This guy's just using the brand to play out the string, and he gets all butthurt almost every other night when they lose, and Russell Westbrook is like the meanest, most combative interview in the history of basketball. It's must-see television when the Lakers lose just to watch all the press conferences. (laughs) And watch all these reporters genuflect in front of the king and watch them all try to tiptoe around Westbrook. It really is pretty funny. And it makes you wonder about all the stuff you said about Kobe and how annoying the Lakers were back then. It's nothing. It's dwarfed by this rental of the brand so LeBron can play out the string in a city that he likes and inflate the prowess of his son and the whole thing is insulting and 
we're going to watch it play out, and we're just going to lay there with our legs up in the air while we get nailed by the king. <laughs> can I get nailed by the king? Can I ask this? Because it seems like this season's all about him breaking the scoring title, right, and being on top of that list. And who cares? I'm not from Cleveland. You know, I don't yeah, care I mean, about look, a school in Ohio. I, I, I'm not asking from that standpoint. I'm asking I'm only because I think if you challenge, like, when Jordan – and some of the other plays back in a more physical, different era of basketball. I'm just curious, like, is he even in contention for it? Oh, I don't know. I'm just an old short yardage running back. It's hard for me <laughs> to wrap. I'll, I'll say this, Brady. I mean, I feel the same way from watching basketball growing up and watching those Bulls teams and talking to James Worthy every week like we do on the radio show and lamenting load management and you know what Stan Van Gundy said the other day we had one trainer and everybody played every night and we flew commercial and we lived like dogs and everybody played and now everybody's got their own trainer and everybody is hurt like it feels like the most detrimental thing we could possibly do to basketball players these days is make them play basketball (laughs) <laughs> like, we have to protect them from playing basketball at all costs. <laughs> and it has just become, I mean, it's just become really tiresome to watch. Uh, it's just become tiresome to cover. And I get it. There's probably, it's like America and Europe, right? Whenever I go to Greece, I feel this way. Because here in America, if you take a day off, you get shamed, right, by your coworkers. It's like not practicing back in the in the days when we played football. Oh, what you're not practicing? Well, your vagina hurts. You know, just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, it, right? You know, I mean, am I wrong? I, I can't say you're wrong. No, I mean, and, and now <laughs> it's like not practicing is like a delicacy. You know, not playing is like what you do if you're really a good player. And it's the same with Europe. I mean, I would go to Europe and be like, God, nobody works. In Greece, most of these people sit around and drink coffee and yell about politics, and they'll do it for six hours. (laughs) You know, they'll make one little tiny coffee last that long and a half pack of cigarettes screaming at each other with absolutely nothing to show for the day. And then, you know, they take like a seven-week vacation in the middle of uh, every season (laughs) of the year. And it's like, okay, well, these people aren't accomplishing much. You know, while everybody else in the country, you know, the other 50% of the country is working 24-7 in a hotel or a restaurant. Now, here in America, we're the opposite, right? You take uh, one week off of vacation and people think you died. It it changed a little because of the pandemic, but there's got to be somewhere between lazy cigarette smoking Europe (laughs) and working until you die with your stupid gold watch as a retirement uh, concession in america i mean there's is not vaping yet are they not vaping over there yet no no they just smoke vaping (laughs) is stupid don't you ever see these people like it's look like you're a dragon (laughs) and i'm not talking about like the little sean McVay vape you know the the one that the nfl guys are always doing and trying to slip that weird little vape i'm talking about the big robot yeah you know what i'm saying where it looks like you know a ro- like you're it's a transformer. A robot. Yeah. yeah. And it, like it like gonna, the breathalyzer test. And then you go, gonna, 
<laughs> When's it going to come out where they're like, hey, coach, what a game plan. What a call you made on that fourth and one in the final moments. He's like, yeah, I was high the whole time. I was actually uh, – I was high on the sidelines the well, entire the time. Vaping, I mean, game. the vaping thing, I don't know. Like, some of them are tobacco. Some of it is weed. I doubt oh, the yeah. weed vapes were – I don't know. I wouldn't trust the weed vapes. Yeah. But uh, I guess they caught uh, – what's his name? The the that that real hipster coach of the uh, Miami Mike Dolphins. Mike yeah, McDaniel. he was vaping. All the young McVapes, dude. Sean McVay is a real innovator. All the all the mix, all the McVays, the McDaniel. Yeah, hmm. you can uh, say that, Brady. What, what about? No, I'm, I'm saying that. No, that is an Irish like. epithet, Brady. Yes, it is. A hundred years ago, <laughs> yeah. you would be labeled racist <laughs> against the Irish. That's now right. it's okay. You say whatever hey, you want hey, about. Hey, Bert, are we gonna accept that racist, here? Yeah. Well, Come on! I wasn't saying it like that. Want. Now you can say uh, Irish people are drunk. All they do is fight. The could, Irish twins, yeah. they you know, Catholic nine all months apart. Trying to apart, do is fight and make love. Because St. Patty's Day is less than two months away. He thinks he can get away with that crap here on the show. It's Although I literally meant more of the MC in their name. Now uh, you guys are casting me out to be the racist. Okay, racist. I, I, totally. I already got called that for not watching the NBA. So I started watching the NBA, and that was what brought me to my questions today. Because I was watching it, thinking, "Wow." LeBron's scoring a lot of points, but the Lakers stink. They keep getting clowned by the, the Clippers. Well, that makes you like, racist. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's a double-edged sword, Brady, because racist. if you don't watch the NBA, you're obviously a racist. If you do watch the NBA and you start saying, like, God, you know, this, this is not entertaining uh, yeah. for a regular season product, then you're also a racist. Yes. But, so, but didn't Shannon but didn't you're Shannon just have to accept. <laughs> Didn't didn't Shannon give you guys the entertainment value that you were looking for at oh, a Lakers game? I can't wait to hear what he says on Monday on his show. <laughs> I mean, weren't you weren't you excited? I mean, he did apologize. Yeah, weren't, he, weren't, did. he did. Weren't you excited about? Dude, Shannon's the, so jacked. That, that's yeah, the that's the only thing I took swole. from that. He is so jacked still. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, uh, I I find that you know speaking of insufferable, I find mm. a lot of that insufferable because he's that jacked. Well, no, I mean, look, I don't care who you are or what kind of show you got or how jacked you are or what Hall of Fame you are. If you go screaming and yelling and trying to start a fight with a whole basketball team, I mean, we get people singled out of the crowd for rolling their eyes at LeBron and kicked out of games. You know, I, he should have been kicked out. I mean, those are your people I that, disagree with that. Hey, Petros, those are your people in the media that uh, are ball washing the whole situation and allowed him to go back into the into the stadium. I don't understand. Yeah. They're the same people with their legs high in the air getting yeah. nailed by the king, <laughs> staring at the light of a motel. You like getting nailed by the king? With the old keys that had the room number attached uh, to oh, yeah. the key, yeah, no, no key fab, just the old old school hotel. With the rooms. little maid cart rolling around on the oh, balcony yeah. on the second floor, <laughs> while you get nailed by the king at two in the afternoon on a weekday, and, and all they're seeing is the sign outside that says "Free HBO." Yeah, 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 vacancy. <laughs> he is Petros Papadakis. You get him on Twitter at the old P. Uh, Petros. Stop we, watching the NBA, Brady. You're clearly a racist. I, I, I'm, I'm too afraid of being racist, so I stop watching. Racist. And that's what Twitter tells me. Uh, there he is. Uh, always fun. Uh, <laughs> Petros Papadakis. Again, get him on Twitter at the old P. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.